history, they say history doesn't repeat itself, but sometimes it rhymes. It may not be what you think it is, but it looks like it. Hello, fellow storytellers. It's Harris here, and I'm so glad you've joined us for another episode of the Story Podcast. As always, this episode is rich in perspective. And let's be honest, getting a new perspective is harder than it sounds. It's not just shaking your head and trying harder. It's not just a gut check. It's a real mental move, a shift in your whole way of being. It's about being aware of your awareness and taking control of it. And that's a huge part of navigating the kind of spaces we're finding ourselves in, in a healthy way. And that's why I was so curious to hear what Apollo Robbins had to say about all this. He's an American sleight of hand artist, security consultant, self-described gentleman thief, and deception specialist. And get this, Forbes has called him, quote, an artful manipulator of awareness. Obviously, there are lots of ways a guy like Apollo can use his talents, and he does, but he can also teach people like us how to do what he does, take control of our own awareness. Look, if you are at all familiar with me and my work and background in the art of magic and illusion, then you know Apollo is a kindred spirit. I was so thrilled that he joined us at Story this past year and was willing to sit down backstage with our friend Tim Gray for a conversation. Let's jump in. From any storyteller, for any medium, how do you help them to understand human behavior to help them tell better stories? How, how do you use your skill set to make that happen? To be able to question their own reality, because a lot of people tend to think of the reality from a single camera. But when you're watching a movie, it's always at least three cameras that are bouncing around to give you a perception of a reality. And we don't do that so often in life. We don't shift perspectives very quickly. And we also don't shift stories. There's a great cognitive psychologist named Gary Klein. Uh, and he talks about the difference, uh, well, the idea of what innovation is. He says it's an unexpected shift from one story to a better story. Not a whole shift of thinking. It's just one variable changing in a story gives you insight. And to me, I think that starts with being able to question the things that you think are true. And so much of the world that I play in uh, from con games, pickpocketing, a lot of that is about engaging with people that are overconfident about a wrong answer and making them certain of something that's um, false. So I'm very interested in flipping that on its head and having them question the reality um, and becoming more curious and the power of curiosity in that sense. Sure. The concept of this entire week has been between the no longer and the not yet. Um, and we've just been having conversations about that space between. So when you're trying to change someone's uh, perception, uh, what are some of the ways that you would do that? From If I'm stuck, if I'm in the uh, liminal space mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm just I'm floating in the abyss, man. Mm-hmm. You know, formless. There's an idea, but I can't get to a place yet to do that. How would you help someone get to that place of forming it or move to the next space to, to move forward, I guess? When you think about misdirection, it's really about the attention economy. 
where people spend their attention and how well you can manage where they spend it. And in when we're trying to identify something new, we're trying to get out of a rut, we're also spending our attention and trying to decide where we should best invest it. And that can often create kind of an apathy that we get stuck in that kind of rut. And I think part of it is because we're constantly looking for the novel shiny thing, the thing that is outside of the space where we are, instead of questioning the things that might be in our own backyard, uh, the shadows that are laying right in front of us. Um, and there's a, my partner and my wife had a rather poetic way of saying this. Uh, she says, what if what is, isn't. And it's similar to what you were referring to uh, because there's the things that are what ifs and then what could be, but the place of getting to what could be requires you to question the what is. What if the thing that you're starting out, your launching pad, is built on a house of cards? You're making some assumptions about it. And the ability to question that, question your own beliefs, and to know that truth can expire, I think is a very powerful tool. The story you tell yourself is powerful, and that can be a good thing as long as the story is true and beautiful. But oftentimes, especially in that liminal space, the story we tell ourselves ends up bringing us down. We decide we're not good enough or smart enough to figure out what's next, and that becomes our perspective. Apollo knows all about those stories, and he knows how to change them, too. Uh, so I think first, where does that story happen? When you think about fear, I think fear is a conversation that we have with ourselves. It's a little voice that we say inside of our head. And we often get overwhelmed by the fear because it's the only voice that we hear. And it's hard to get out of our head and to project to something else. But what we often don't realize is it's also, uh, like in a dream, you are the narrator. You're the one that's able to control that story. Um, and we need to empower ourselves to do that. And I think thinking about psychology is an important part about this. A, a very simple way to think about the thought process, I think, is thinking of it like a, a feedback loop. We collect information from the world through our senses. Uh, we try to interpret that, and then we you know, take an action on that. What that means is that every person is kind of like a, a black box. We don't really know how they're going to interpret it, but we can see how they collect the information. Mm -hmm. But the way that they interpret it tends to be like templates. They have a set of templates that they assign to things. Oh, this looks like this, and this is therefore this means this. And they tend to turn those on autopilot. And the more that they do the same thing, the more synoptic connections that build, the more templates that they instill. And that autopilot can be a very tricky place. And it's not just for people that are inexperienced. It's also for experts. Sometimes we become more confident. This is the way the world works. This is the way it is. And we need to be able to go back and question those old answers, be able to break the templates, sure. to consider other stories, and maybe even rewrite the stories that we're telling ourselves. And I think that that's, being able to think of it as that way, that what is the filter that you're putting in, the frame that you're putting around the data that's coming in? Sure, these things all look like this. And a simple way, a very simple question to do that is, this looks like this, why is it not? You flip it upside down. History, they say history doesn't repeat itself, but sometimes it rhymes. Sure. It may not be what you think it is, but it looks like it. The hard part about taking control of your perspective is that you have to do it in real time. There's no pause button on life, no chance to take a step back and script your change of heart. 
You've got to do it on stage, as it happens. And that's where a lot of Apollo's skills really come in handy. He'll be the first to tell you that what he does doesn't have a roadmap. It's improvisation. Listen to this. I think uh, a lot of people associate what I do. is It's so close to magic, what I do. Um, and magic is, uh, the difference between what I do and magic, I would say, is like sheet music and jazz. Uh, magic, you have a little bit more control over your audience. Um, and you can have a little bit more control over the timing of the dynamics that you're going to present to them. Mine is a little bit more jazz because I don't necessarily know who I'm going to be dealing with or what they're going to have on them or what the beats are going to be as it goes forward. So I have to be able to adapt. And I, I think that helps me and that helps me have a comfort with uncertainty, to have a certain uh, level of comfort with ambiguity. And it has parlayed into this interesting space that now is uh, not just function on fooling the eye, and the hands being quicker than the eye or fooling the perceptions, but about playing with the narrative, the story that people tell themselves. And we live in a society right now that, like in politics, is very polarized. People tend to think left and right. But I think there's a bigger problem with the comfort level that people have with uncertainty, needing to have a black and white answer and not being able to see the grays, the tones in between. And that ability to see the gray, to understand that sometimes the answer is more complex, but the ability to have that conversation requires us to be able to question our knowledge, our truths, and uh, to kind of investigate that. And it becomes more difficult. Sometimes we're raised in society to believe that uh, the more we learn, the higher expert that we are, um, the more that people should listen to us. And that becomes a story that we tell ourselves as well, because then we think we're more credible. But it can be easy for our truth to have expired, our environment to have changed. And I think it's important for us to constantly be able to adapt and to question the things that we think we already know, to ask new questions and question our old answers. Sure. How did you get to where you're at now? Meaning like it's such an interesting background to to get to the place of entrepreneurship through human behavior and misdirection. Like that has got to be a rich story to in, in, in full in lots of ways. It's about surfing. Really? Surfing the opportunities. When I was a kid, I grew up around uh, uh, my half-brothers are, I guess, kind of a delinquent teenagers they were when I was young, and they were criminals. They did a lot of criminal activity. And their mother had married my dad, and my dad was a minister. So I grew up in this really unusual household between a very dogmatic minister and a very devious... Uh, my brother started out with pickpocketing and kind of games and moved into drug trafficking and gun trafficking and all those kind of things. And it helped me have a broader interpretation of uh, what reality was. I, I think I didn't just look at things of right and wrong, um, but I also saw the humanity and how people could rationalize victimizing other people. In early 1970s, my father was going to seminary. He had recently recovered from tubercular meningitis, and he couldn't see very well. He had big blind spots. And he was going through a rough neighborhood in, uh, in Enid, Oklahoma, is where I was told. And uh, these two teenagers decide they're going to steal something from him. And they find out he can't see, so they feel sorry for him. They help him out in the neighborhood. He invites them to their church to have a meal. And uh, while they're uh, eating, they decide to come back. And they, say that they bring their mother eventually. 
And supposedly that's how my parents met. And I think it's a, it was a birthplace for me of uh, having this rather interesting dichotomy between uh, my brothers being uh, having a rather flexible moral compass, and my dad having a rather absolute moral compass, uh, and the two worlds between that. Um, and I saw the world not just as black and white, um, but I get to see both the exploitation of people for cons on my brother's side, but then also my father's belief of trying to motivate people. And you start to see that manipulation and motivation are the same toolbox. They just have different labels. And that's a really interesting thing that we just label something uh, like deception uh, is the same thing that you might think of as play. Um, is a tiger deceiving her cub when she bites them playfully? It's both reality and it's fiction at the same time. It's fact and fiction. Uh, and I'm very interested in that space of where reality and illusion collide. Obviously, all of this is just a little glimpse behind the curtain. But thinking of your life like a stage show and working some mental and emotional sleight of hand into the mix is an innovative and helpful framing, especially for creators who are trying to navigate their liminal spaces. It may not be the happy ending to your story, but it might just help you figure out how to get there. And again, it should come as no surprise to many of you why I loved this conversation so much. I've always had so much respect for Apollo's approach to his craft and the level of excellence and intelligence that he brings to his work. And so much of this conversation actually foreshadows some of the conversations we'll be having this year at Story. Remember, if you don't have a ticket yet, you can save $50, 50 bucks by using the discount code STORYPODCAST50, STORYPODCAST50. Just go to story2020.com to learn more and register. And if you decide to join us, fully participate in the virtual experience we've created and feel like it wasn't worth every penny of what you invested, look, just get in touch with me and I'll personally refund each of those pennies back to you. That's how much I believe in what we've created for this year's experience. Again, just go to story2020.com and grab a ticket. September 24th and 25th will be here before we know it. And you'll also have access to all of the conference recordings for a full week after the conference ends. It's an incredible opportunity. Don't miss it. As always, thank you so much for tuning in and listening. I am Harris III, and I'll talk to you again next week right here on The Story Podcast. The Story Podcast is a production of the Astoria Collective. It is hosted and curated by Harris III and produced, edited, and mixed by Chad Michael Snavely. All music for season four of the Story Podcast is provided by the talented musicians at Soundstripe. For more information about this podcast and other creative offerings from Story, visit storygatherings.com. <laughs>